raise him, praise him till I'm gone. I'm gone, praise him, praise him till I'm gone. When the places go up. Hey guys, this is Nick Ogle McKay. The blessings You're listening come down. to the only nostalgia mixtape. When the praises go up. The only one. Yeah. And the only the one you should be listening down. to. Seems like blessings keep falling in my lap. It seems like blessings keep falling in my lap. Welcome to the Nostalgia Mixtape. I'm your host, Samana Shrawi. Neka Agwimake and I both grew up in the same big little town in Texas, a place called Cyprus. We went to middle school and high school together. And we were never super close friends, but we were always friendly. And I knew that NECA had a bright future because, I mean, all you had to do was go to one of her games, either volleyball or basketball, and you would know that she was unstoppable. And on top of that, everyone loved her. And I think that people always remember how you make them feel. And if you treat people nice, they're going to want you to be around for a long time. NECA played college ball at Stanford. She was drafted by the Los Angeles Sparks of the WNBA. And sometime shortly thereafter is when I first moved to Los Angeles. We ended up reconnecting at the BET Awards in the summer of 2015. I was riding on a golf cart with Bun B through the back of the convention center in downtown Los Angeles. And as we rode through, I heard someone shout my name. And I turned around, and it was NECA. I was like, yo, yo, Bun, hold up, stop the cart. I got out and I ran over to her and hugged her. And we both had this wonderful, what are you doing here moment. And it was really, really sweet. You know, it's not to say that we're best friends now, but we're finally actually getting to know each other better than we ever did in our childhood. And it's the nicest thing. Now, the song she chose to talk about was the theme song to her 2016 MVP and championship season. And it's really quite a perfect song. So let's let her set it up. And the song you want to talk about today is... Blessings. The blessings come down. 2015 was like a rough season. Yes, it was. And 2016 <laughs> was like a massive turnaround. Yeah, 2015 was challenging in that we, yeah, we gained a new coach. I think Brian, that was his first year. Mm-hmm. Candace only played half a season that year. And we had kind of a lot of new faces. And, I mean, that's really all I can give you. You There's a lot of times when a team just isn't having a good year. And there's no real answers. Mm -hmm. And for us, we were losing a lot of close games. So that was challenging. By the time All-Star rolled around, we were 500 or below. Like Mm -hmm. um, When Candace came back, obviously things got better. But it was just one of those years. It was uh, definitely... I would say it was a kind of a building year. Mm-hmm. Um, then 2016 came around, and the main difference was that we had most of our team around for training camp, right. which is very rare in the WNBA because we play overseas. Right. And that overlaps. So I think I was probably the last one to come, and I was still around for like a week of training camp. And it wasn't to say that we were, you know, we were thinking, oh, we're going to win a championship this year. It was just we had built a culture around how we wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And it started from the year before. 
So Brian came and he laid down the framework and we just built on it, built on it, built on it. And I guess that's kind of what, that's kind of what you saw um, as 2016 unfolded. Yeah. And on a personal note, like, were you, was 2015 okay for you, like mentally, emotionally, but it just was a bad season professionally or? Yeah. To be very honest, just professionally, it was hard. Yeah. Um, 2015, there wasn't anything that I can really say was unfortunate about it outside from right. yeah the record yeah yeah that was, a, that was a bit of a tough spot yeah um. <laughs> man mentally I was a little scattered mm. you know we go through kind of stages in life where we think we know what we want and we think we know how to get it mm-hmm. and I was at a point where uh I had to relinquish control of that I had no idea what was coming mm. and um I didn't know that I was ready for it. And so I guess I was kind of scared. Yeah. Yeah. And this, the album, Coloring Book, it dropped the day before the 2016 season started. Yes. I looked that up. I don't know if that's (laughs) how you remember it, but um, it dropped the day before the season came out. So how did you, did you find it through Twitter? Or like, how did the album come into your life? I stumbled upon it uh, on social media, but I really delved into it. Um, when it was recommended to me by a friend. Okay. And obviously, you know, when you're scrolling through social media, you see, you know, Chance the Rapper, Chance the Rapper, and you're like, okay, let me try and figure this out. And mm-hmm. uh, lately, I've been really, I've been very um, cognizant of the type of music that I listen to. Mm-hmm. And um, when I checked out the album, I realized that I had already had listened to Acid Rap. Right. Yeah. And so it was easy for me to get into the music yeah yeah wow okay so tell give me get a little more specific why uh what's this memory that's tied to this song the specific memory tied to this song yeah aside from the 2016 season mm-hmm. i remember specifically i believe it was yeah it was game five of the mm-hmm. 2016 finals that was a big game that was a huge one <laughs> <laughs> and um it's funny enough like we were in Minneapolis, of course, and mm-hmm. we stay in a hotel that is literally walking distance from the Target Center, but mm-hmm. we, we take a bus to the arena anyway. Okay. So I was contemplating whether or not I should listen to music because it's... I know um, it was really short. No, yeah. <laughs> the bus ride was like 45 <laughs> seconds long. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I was, I was in a space that was uninterrupted by any type of distraction. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just sitting on the bus, obviously put on my song. Where are you sitting on the bus? I sit in the eighth seat on the left. Okay. Don't ask me why I know that. It's important. (laughs) I sit in the eighth seat on the left with my teammate, um, Mm -hmm. A.B. Elena Beard, sitting in front of me. Mm -hmm. And so I had that song blasting through my my headphones, and she could hear it too. And so we were both kind of jamming out to it. Um, And... The part that came on, or the part that I kind of fast forwarded to, was um, when he was just saying, "Are you ready for your blessings? Are you ready for your miracles?" And You're talking about that part at the end, yeah, like where the, the choir comes in. Yeah, and so <laughs> we're rolling in into the Target Center, and um, it just—I was ready. Like the moment was there. I was in the moment, and I never felt more sure of anything. Mm-hmm. This song, I mean, for this album to have been out the whole summer, for you to still go back to this song for the finals, it must have been, like, really 
meaningful to you? Oh, hugely, hugely. And you know, when it comes to when it comes to music, movies, shows, mm-hmm. podcasts, I I like to listen to everything in its entirety and I like to digest it and really gain an understanding of it. And this album had been on repeat. It was between um, Coloring Book and A Seat at the Table. Those mm-hmm. were like literally the only two albums I was listening to in 2016. Yeah. So I had fully grasped what the song was saying. I fully grasped the album. Mm-hmm. I loved the concept of the album. Mm-hmm. And that song for me, it... Um, it embodied my experience of listening to the album, but also of what I was going through. Do you have like favorite lines from the song? Just, are you ready for your blessing? <laughs> <laughs> are you ready for your miracles? <laughs> and I love it because cause some people may listen to that and think about it rhetorically. Because mm-hmm. I mean, people talk about blessings and miracles growing up, especially if, you're, if you grew up in like a religious or a spiritual household. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's always like, oh, bless you. Talking about blessings and miracles happen when you least expect. But for me, that that part of the song, it to me, it almost, it almost feels like the way he's saying it means that you do have control of those things. Mm-hmm. And not to say that you can, you know, wholly wish something's going to happen and boom, it magically appears. Mm-hmm. But we have more control of things than we do and or then like we think we do yes i agree yeah then we think we do and there's this analogy that elena beard we call her ab the ab used that whole that whole summer and she said you hold on loosely Mm -hmm. because if you hold on to something too tight you're probably gonna it's probably gonna hurt you it's gonna burn you Mm -hmm. you know but if you hold on loosely to the point where you can react to it something dropping or something you know, being pulled on, mm. you actually have more control than you think. So that's kind of what spoke to me when I think about that. Yeah. And that last shot in game five went up as a prayer and definitely came down as a blessing. <laughs> yes. There you go. You need to be writing music. <laughs> Slightly uh, less dramatic uh, and climactic, but it's making me think of my short-lived basketball career, um, which just lasted for 7th and 8th grade. But it existed. But it existed. Okay. Very important. (laughs) And I'm like remembering our bus rides Mm -hmm. to the games, and my... I had like game day mixes, but the one song I remember all of us experiencing together was do you remember that little flip song this is the way we ball yes absolutely (laughs) (laughs) is that even a real question (laughs) that that was what got you guys going right like i i don't remember who like the first time it happened who threw it on but then we realized 
that we as seventh graders all knew the words to that song. <laughs> so we just like started rapping it and then like we would like the song would end but then we would keep like the hand claps going and that yeah. was like the first and last time I'll ever do a freestyle. <laughs> no one needs to hear me. Are do you that. sure? You know, in the right situation it could happen again. Oh, okay. But it's I don't know. Specific circumstances. Very spe- if I join another basketball team and we end up playing in a championship game and there's a bus ride. It can it, happen again. It could happen again. Okay. It could happen again. All right. Yeah. It's good to know. But I'm wondering what you might have been listening to around that time, middle school, high school, like <laughs> Um, well, as you know, you know, we had a pretty cool high school team. Yeah. Um, girls basketball team at least. No disrespect to the boys. They were doing their thing. Y'all were better. Too. Y'all were better. <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> But a lot of the songs that we would listen to were similar to mm. what what you're saying. Uh, the one that I really remember is probably uh, "Shake That Laffy Taffy." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure how motivational that song is, but that song was the best because we got Coach Rubik to dance to it too. Wow. So we were always jamming on the bus. We had like Shake That Laffy Taffy. Uh, what was the other song that we would always listen to? I mean, we would always listen to We Ready. Yeah. Obviously, I always listen to that. But then we did a lot of freestyling ourselves. Oh, yeah. Really? So I usually had the beat, and then Chanae would freestyle. <laughs> that's a, that's cheating for you to have the beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we did that too, which was cool. Okay. But Shake That Laugh Tabby was the one I definitely <laughs> remember. <laughs> do you do you remember what you were listening to for the high school state championship? Oh goodness. Or no. what might have been you might have been listening to in that era. Um. Oh wait, so it would have been probably like, "Bring 'Em Out" by Ti. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's usually a lot of go-to, but I wasn't. I wasn't um, really getting myself into the zone with music. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get into that until around like my professional career, maybe like mm-hmm. my senior year in college, a little. But mm-hmm. my professional career is really when I started getting into it, and yeah high school i was just trying to go and <laughs> go and win some games yeah. did you make mixed cds after. in high school oh yeah okay. absolutely did how did you how would you make them like what was like the deciding factor was it moods was it just what you're listening to at the time yeah well what i was listening to at the time what was hot mm. but i also made a lot of like 90s hip-hop r&b mixes. i wish i knew yeah. this back then i wish I, I i had no one to share that love with back i'm then. telling you like <laughs> but i mean i also really love like i'm a sucker for like southern influence so like mm. i used to love it when 97.9 the box did chopped and screwed on sundays yeah. oh, that was the best yeah so i liked i like a lot of chopped and screwed music really yeah but um that's pretty much it for me, really. Okay, I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. I've developed, I've matured in my, mm-hmm. in my, I guess, musical interest and the spectrum of what I listen to mm-hmm. as I got older. Yeah. How did you label your mixed CDs? 
because I would do I would <laughs> date all mine, question. which didn't. I don't know why I did it at the time, but now it's like when I want to, I can go back and like know what I was listening to it on like yeah. an exact. Date. That's really smart. I didn't think about it like that at the time. But wow. How did you? Because I know some people had like silly names that they would like draw on the CD. Yeah, mine was based on genre. Okay. So it was like slow jams. Mm-hmm. With a Z. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With a Z. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. okay. Yeah. And like throwback, 90s, and, you know, get crunk. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that was the word we were using back then. I think that, remember that little John CD, the uh, crunk juice? Yes. That was one of the first explicit cds i ever got i don't think my parents knew i don't even know if they would have just looked at the track list on what? The back, they would have let me tell you something that. i think it was like my 13th birthday party or something mm-hmm. like that or like my 14th birthday i had a birthday party and i got i was gifted one of my friends gave me cds for my birthday mm-hmm. one was britney spears mm-hmm. um i think it was oops i did it again and yeah. then the other one was cisco and my mom looked at the track list for cisco and she saw the thong song and she asked the girl for the receipt wow and we returned <laughs> i was devastated <laughs> i was devastated but that was the jam yeah it really was and to be honest like i didn't even know what a thong was at that point so i think i probably found out because of that song <laughs> yeah, exactly 100 that was a teaching moment yes yeah but yeah so lost a lot of innocence mom being a mom thanks to cisco thanks mom my i remember i used to get like the first rap cds i ever got well the first one was Lil bow wow me beware oh, of dog yes me too there's so many good songs on that album. me what the too hell? <laughs> really yes but my favorite album is of his is um what's it called it's the one with get down is it the one it's really really nice to me yes what's the name of that album um i know every word to every song on that album. i can't remember but i don't remember that one i don't remember the name of the album. that was like the last album he put out as like little bow wow or like it was like he was like becoming bow wow he like right. dropped the little right but that's my favorite album of his. <laughs> i i used to play that one yeah. start to end I still know the words to so many of his songs. Yeah. I mean, he was talented. And yeah. he was—he resonated with our generation. So that was cool. He had anthems. He definitely had, he had anthems. anthems. We, like I wasn't old. fresh as he was. <laughs> Are you fresh as yeah. I'm is? <laughs> For the longest, I was like, fresh as I'm is. I was like, well, even if it doesn't make sense, I don't care. I'll you know, he's it. doing his thing. And I want to support his creative ambitions. Exactly. Thank you, Shad Moss. <laughs> yeah. AKA Lil Bow Wow. <laughs> but the first, I remember like, so Lil, but Lil Bow Wow didn't really cuss anyway. No, he didn't. But the first album I, first rap album I had with like cuss words was Nelly Country Grammar. Um, but I had the edited version. Okay. And like okay. for the next like three Nelly albums, my parents only got me the edited the version. The edited version. So I know all the words to the edited version. <laughs> The first time I heard country grammar, like with, like the explicit version, I didn't recognize. You were like, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like those were the types of albums where I was only allowed to like listen to the singles on the radio. Yeah, I, that's the only way I could I could really hear them. Do you remember the Whisper song? What? Are you kidding me? I was like, "Who is Who is David Banner, and why is he whispering?" And I was like, "He legit whispered the entire song." Yeah. 
Yeah. I remember, yeah, the, that, the Ying Yang Twins one and the David Banner one, they were both like on the radio around the same time. And my mom, I think, I don't know if she was just trying like to have a cool parent moment, but we were listening to the radio and one of those two songs came on. And my mom was like, oh, this is really cool. I've never heard someone whisper on a song. For the, for the longest, I couldn't even tell which song was which. I right. was like, what's going on here? And yeah. then like bringing it into a day. And I was like, oh, that's why I don't recognize them. Because they're usually like yelling uncontrollably. Yeah. yeah. That, was their, that was their thing. Yes. And we weren't old enough to be going to clubs. But I imagine at the time, that was great for a club situation. <laughs> that's what you wanted to hear. Yeah. Have you ever wondered like, what your club experience would be with if you were old enough to go when you were listening to those types of songs growing up? I wish I could have gone to the club during the crunk era. Yeah, oh my god. Because, I mean, as crazy as we got in those middle school and high school parties. What? Could you imagine? I mean, we would get wild on the bus, so I can only imagine what it was like. I lost a lot of innocence. <laughs> I was so oblivious, I didn't even know what I was dancing and singing to. <laughs> My first high school or middle school party that I ever went to without parents, I have a distinct memory of Salt Shaker playing. Okay, twins. so Salt Shaker is where... I memories arise of like homecoming yeah. and like prom because yeah. that's when people are like, Yes, finally, buck wild and I'm like <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah, no, it was a lot. I remember walking into this house party, it was the first part house party I ever went to, and Salt Shaker is playing and I'm not going to say these kids' names because you would know them, and I don't want to put them on blast like this. Okay. But <laughs> this one boy and this one girl were in the pool in the backyard. Oh, I don't even know if I want to know where the story is going to go. And I won't get too explicit. <laughs> I'm in, I was in the hot tub with a, uh, like a group of people, and a group of kids. And so this guy and this girl were in the pool pool, and they started making out. Yeah. And I remember... He was making making out with her with his eyes like wide open. That is super <laughs> creepy. Why? And all of us from the hot tub were like, "Dude, close your eyes." <laughs> what? No. Thanks, Yin Yang Twins. Thanks, Yin Yang Twins. Yin Yang Twins. They were responsible for almost anything and everything that happened in the 2000s. Yeah, 100%. Like, <laughs> what? I cannot. Yeah. I don't make songs for free, I make them for freedom. Don't believe in kings, believe in the kingdom. Chisel me into stone prayer, whistle me into song air. Dying laughing with Krillin saying something about blonde hair. Jesus, black life ain't matter. I know I talked to his daddy. Say you the man of the house now. Look out for your family. Can you talk about like how you might have like grown as the album grew on you? Because the album definitely grew on me. In that yeah, summer. yeah, um, yeah. So when I first started listening to it, I I do a bad job of listening to the words when I first listen yeah. to music. Yeah, the beat has to get me first. Right, and he had such a range of 
type, I guess, type of sounds on that album that mm-hmm. it really caught my attention. And so with the sounds, you get the beat. With the beat, you get the words. And then once you start singing the words, you start listening to the words. Mm-hmm. And throughout the course of the season in that summer, I gained more of an appreciation of not just the music, but what it meant to me in my life. And mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to listen to it live as well, which was really which was really great. And so at that time, I knew the words mm-hmm. and I could get into it. And by the end of the season, that was that was my album. That was my song. The way that this, that this album grew with me was um, when it dropped, I was definitely at like a really low point and I had lost my job and I had to move back in with my parents. And it was definitely in like a very sad place. And I remember when the album came out, the first thing I did, like my first listen of the album, I like took my sister's bike and I went on a really long bike ride. Mm-hmm. And I played, like I biked the entire like duration of the album. And I, I heard the words first. I guess you were saying you, you had to get into like the beats and stuff before you got into the words. But yeah. I heard the words first in that moment. And like I like cried and cried and cried and cried listening to that album. Because there were like, I didn't know it, but there were these parts, there were these like parts in the album that I just needed to hear. Yeah. Like the drum sings, like little interlude. Yes. I needed, to, I mean, not that I don't get enough love from my friends and family, but like to hear someone like in my ear telling me that I'm special and that, I you know, everyone, that you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that part. And then what really got me was um, at the end of Same Drugs, I wrote it down. There's like, like the beat cuts out and it's just like piano and Chance is almost like whispering in your ear. He's like, don't forget the happy thoughts. Yes. All you need is happy thoughts. And I was like, oh my God. And that was just like waterworks. I just yeah. started bawling. But it, it seemed to me like those lyrics were something that could only be written by someone who's kind of like experienced unconditional love. Yes. So I wanted to ask, like, what kind of love did you grow up with? I grew up with um, very much of a, I guess, familial love. Mm-hmm. Um, the bond that I grew up with was me and my sisters, mm-hmm. and of course our parents. Mm-hmm. But the love that they had for us was displayed heavily through action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, through sacrifice with my parents and just kind of everyday gestures that people don't necessarily consider ways to tell people that you love them. Mm. I think that love is misunderstood when it's indirect. Mm. And for us, it was a very, a very unified family love. And it still is. And it's gotten stronger. Mm-hmm. It's gotten a lot stronger. Um, and one thing that I've realized, especially after listening to Coloring Book, is you have the, the love of your family. And a lot of times, family can be, you know, <laughs> family can be challenging at yeah. times. <laughs> but it's, the, it's like the friends that you're born with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got to make it work. Mm-hmm in the best way possible and so i told my mom this recently it's like i'm learning to be friends with my sisters 
Yeah. Not to say that I wasn't friends with them before, but it's kind of like, oh, you're sisters. You got to be friends. Yeah. You find interests and you, you really cherish the things that make us different. Do you think y'all's relationship is getting stronger as y'all get older? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Same with me and Yeah, mine. I think so. And you don't realize it until you get older and you mm-hmm. start experiencing adult adult yeah. type things. Yeah. And you're like, okay, wait a second. <laughs> Mom was right. They were right about everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a time where you got to swallow your pride. But yep. yeah, I think we're getting closer. I'm just drawing off my own experience, but do you feel like being the kid of an immigrant makes your the family bond like tighter like do you feel is it like you're all your got kind of thing yeah so i mean you can speak to this if you if you resonate Mm -hmm. it's almost like being the kids of immigrants it's like you're a vessel kind Mm -hmm. of you're a vessel from your family to the world you're living in but then Mm -hmm. you're also a vessel for the world that you're living in and its experiences to kind of your family, you right. know, we have the best of both worlds. Right. We can also be very much misunderstood from both sides. Yeah. Um, culture is very important, especially in Africa. And I know, you know this Oh yeah. and growing up, our parents do a really, really great job of making sure we don't forget about our culture. Mm-hmm. But I realize now that, when I what I thought I I knew about my culture, I know more now because uh-huh. I'm becoming who I am. Right. You know, it's not like a rule book. Right. It's not like oh, yes, we do this, we do that, we do have traditional weddings, we do this. Anyone can can say those things and know how we do things, but inside your heart, like you have to realize why you're doing it. Right. Yeah, and there are some things in the culture that you may not agree with. But you still have to respect it. Yep. And I think as I get older, I realize that. And I kind of, I think that, to be very honest, I think mm-hmm. that we have a huge advantage being kids from parents who were raised somewhere else that mm-hmm. are now being raised. I guess usually people attribute this to being raised in the Western world. And so, right. yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like I just was raised with so much more like wisdom and knowledge about like how the world works. Yeah. And there's this quote that my dad threw at me one time that kind of like explained like his parenting philosophy, which was, it's uh, by this poet named Khalil Gibran. I don't know if you ever read okay. this stuff, but he basically has this poem about children. And the like one of my favorite lines from the poem is, your children don't belong to you. They belong to life. They belong to the world. I've heard that quote. And it's like... It made perfect sense because my my parents were like, they tried to kind of impart their wisdom on me, but they never, and that kind of like, and that respect for the culture. Yeah. But they never tried to like force it on me. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I love that about them. Does good music give you goosebumps? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be something wrong with your biological makeup if it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Those moments are it's great cuz like it's like it feels like it's something it comes from something bigger than you. Yeah. Cuz you can't control when you get the goosebumps. No, and you can't control how you react when you hear music that touches you. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that feeling. I wanted to ask if you had um, any other coloring book feelings or memories or thoughts or... I mean, I just... That's like the only album that I really remember from Mm -hmm. um, listening to it in 2016 and where I was at a point in my life. Mm -hmm. But I, I do know that after we won the championship, I was... I blasted that album <laughs> everywhere I went. You don't want no problems. <laughs> yes, actually, that is that is what I was about to say. So after we won, we had the um, parade at LA Live, and our DJ DJ Molsky, he always asks us what song we want to play whether when we're at the free throw line. And you don't want no problems was my song, and so they were playing that when we were on the stage <laughs> at LA Live when it was my turn to speak. Yeah, and you know I just got the crowd, the crowd all hyped and everything, and that was no one wanted any problems. <laughs> 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 That's how I felt. <laughs> oh, it's it's so cool to know that like that was your album for that summer because I mean that was I've never seen you play like that. The stars align. So it's just, yeah, it's cool to, it's cool to know that that was yeah. your one. That's what make my life complete, knowing that it's a higher beam, a higher power, knowing that these people have paid their way. You know, our great-great-grandfathers and grandmothers that came here, they found some kind of way to make the rhythm, you know, and they kept rhythm no matter what. Now, we come here as slaves, but we going out as royals. And able to show that we are truly the chosen one. And uh, you mentioned a seat at the table as well. Yes. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Too? Yeah, we can. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so a seat at the table. It mm-hmm. resonated with me in a little bit of a different way. Okay. It helped me realize, especially with all the interludes in her in her album, it helped me realize the importance of like my heritage Mm -hmm. especially with the times that we're in now you know we have a lot of you know natural hair care and just a lot of people doing things as they are and coming as they Mm -hmm. as they were made you know and um solange's album really helped me understand that i have a heritage that so many people are seeking Mm -hmm. after and also it helped me use that heritage to realize the beauty that I have and it gave me a lot of confidence Mm -hmm. um, in that regard and I mean it's still a work in progress but um, I really just loved loved her the attitude in which she she presented that album yeah zero F's yeah (laughs) (laughs) this shit is Some shit is lost. Some shit 
do you want to maybe tell people where your family is from and you don't have to get too specific too specific into the culture but kind of describe it a little bit yeah well my full name is Nemkadi Chima Victoria Gwimike and if anyone knows a good African you know that's where I'm from I am a hundred percent Nigerian um born and raised in Houston Texas my parents are of the Igbo tribe Mm -hmm. and that's my foundation. <laughs> what kind of music were you raised listening to? Oh, that's a really good question. So my mom was really into, she's really into soft rock. So, okay. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so we grew up listening to a lot of Celine Dion, okay. Phil Collins. Wow. <laughs> 99.1 was her station. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, so she was really into that type of music. My dad loves reggae music, mm-hmm. so Bob Marley was always on. Okay, but he loves also rap, and oh, wow. um, he loves heavy metal. Wow, Metallica is one of his wow. <laughs> one of his favorites. <laughs> but he also like my dad had a very eclectic um, taste for music, so mm-hmm. we listened to a lot of Redman, Ika Mouse. Oh, wow. um, Bob Marley, but he also loves Snoop Dogg, Diggable Planets. So I listen to a lot of, of a, a wide range of music, and I have an appreciation for both. Okay. And then growing up, we obviously listened to a lot. We were influ- heavily influenced by the 90s, so mm-hmm. we listened to a lot of 90s R&B and hip-hop, and quite a bit of pop, too, because my mom didn't want us to listen to all of the... <laughs> yeah but actually i wanted to say you know most most kids our age especially black black young adults they grew up listening to a lot of you know like earth wind and fire mm-hmm. and luther vandross and we didn't have that so right yeah so there's i'm learning to listen to that yeah. stuff now the cookout music cookout music yeah. i did not listen to cookout music growing yeah. up so all my friends are like what <laughs> you haven't watched soul food like there's so many movies and music that i i am not acquainted with and it's i'm not ashamed of it because i know how i was raised but yeah are there any artists of Igbo heritage that we need to know about, old or new? Uh, well, I mean, I absolutely love techno. Okay. He's kind of just multifaceted. He can dance, he can put out good music. He produces a lot of good music. He's one of my favorite artists. I love Flavor as well. He's an Igbo artist, probably one of the bigger ones coming out of Nigeria. And a lot of, a lot of Americans know Wizkid because he right. does a lot of work. And he's Igbo too? Wizkid, I don't think is evil. Oh. Yeah, um, he is Nigerian. Though. He is Nigerian for sure. Yes, yeah, he's definitely Nigerian. <laughs> he's not gonna let you forget about that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, those are kind of my favorites, and yeah, those, yeah, that's kind of. And my dad, I don't, I don't particularly know like the names of the artists, but my dad listens to a lot of what we call high life. Mm. And if you listen to Jadenna's music, mm-hmm. he incorporates high life into some of his music, and high life is like. It's like, it's like our version of kind of like cookout music and like now people are kind of putting their own spin on it Um, and Evo's really listening to a lot of High Life. I have, uh, I'll have to send it to you, maybe you know some of the songs, but I have like this compilation of like Nigerian funk from like the 70s. Really? And it's so good. Oh. Maybe you're familiar with some artists. I want to listen to it. I'll send it to you. Okay, (laughs) cool.
I also want to say that I think coloring book, I mean, no problem specifically. Uh, I think no problem might be responsible for beginning my obsession with the Millie Rock. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he has a part where like, Millie Rock and Scoop and yeah. all on my lap. I'm like, what is that? What is the Millie Rock? <laughs> on the internet. That was an infectious dance. It took yeah. over. I'm still doing it. <laughs> I never learned it. <laughs> I just watch. I've gone from being very embarrassingly bad at it to like mediocre. Okay. I'm like I, I can get by. Okay. If you can get by, then you're good. If you do it with enough confidence. Usually that works. Right. People don't question it now. People are just like, oh yeah, so man's the Millie Rock guy. Oh, well then that's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> if I lose all my money, I can always fall back on the Millie Rock. It'll be... I'm pretty sure that you can find a job doing that somewhere. You know, like, those guys they have, like, standing outside of, like, phone stores that, like, twirl those the sign? Wobbly, those, oh, yes, you could just Millie Rock. I could just Millie Rock. Okay, that'll be good. But how are you going to hold the sign? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I haven't figured that part out yet. Okay, but. that's cool. <laughs> um great chance went to the white house did you go to the white house no okay but you got a letter not. we got a letter okay. which we were very grateful for yeah um the timing just couldn't have been ugh, harder because he was on his way out yeah yeah and we did not get an invitation from yeah. the successor so yeah but yeah, I don't think anybody would have agreed. No one would really be excited <laughs> I'm about not sure if anyone wanted to go. <laughs> but I will say that it wasn't it wasn't a supplement for going to the White House, but mm-hmm. we did make um, a team trip to the African American Museum. That sounds which was amazing. Yeah. If you haven't gone, yeah. it should be on your bucket list. I heard the wait list is like crazy. The wait list is really nuts. Yeah. We were really fortunate not just to be able to go, but to yeah. be we had our own um, curator and everything, which was... Oh, wow. oh, so you had like so, a guided tour. Yeah, it was so great. Do you learn anything you didn't know? Before? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, I mean, I, I don't want to give it away. Mm-hmm. It's not really given away, but you work your way down up. So... The I think it's four four flows below ground level mm-hmm. is where the museum starts. Some really heavy stuff down there. Yeah. Yeah. So that starts and then you work your way up and then at the top is like pretty much black people who made an impact in like music and food and society and people like Soldier Boy. Uh Lil Bow Wow. I think they might yeah. be <laughs> <laughs> There might be a list <laughs> of memorabilia. I'm not even really sure what type of memorabilia that they would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, some, some Lil Bow had good songs. He had good songs. Yeah. Maybe not for the museum. Yeah. 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 I mean, Take You Home is one. Was <laughs> that's like my 14 year old anthem. But I'm not sure if it was really groundbreaking. And, yeah. In black culture. You know what? Time will be the judge of that. We'll see. Maybe maybe they'll make an exception and your Millie Rock will be... Will be that would be quite the way. exception. <laughs> quite the exception. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can get someone else to do it. Right. And then say... 
I could like ghost write a Millie Rock. Ghost write a Millie Rock. Yeah. There we go. Damn. Wow. <laughs> I never thought it would have such a big, like, bright future. Yeah. I always wanted to make something in my life. And that. And that could be what, it. That can be it. That could be my big goal. That's your stamp. Thanks, Neka. No problems. Appreciate that. Thanks, man. Really just inspiring me <laughs> to do better. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for uh, telling the story. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It was a really great conversation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, no, it was good. That's an understatement, at least. <laughs> <laughs> if you think of any more memories, will you share them with us? Absolutely. Okay, cool. 100%. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Oh, wow. Well, that was really nostalgic. I like that. I'm really, uh, I'm really glad we walked down that road together. Yes, certainly. Yeah. So I just want to say thanks. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So after that conversation, I can now firmly say that I wish Neka and I were better friends as kids because we clearly had very similar taste in music. I mean, who knew she was also a fan of the god Shad Moss, aka Lil Bow Wow. I want to say that his song Ghetto Girls is a revolutionary song and should be part of the soundtrack to the resistance, in my opinion. And also that compilation of Nigerian music I wanted to give her actually turned out to be a high life compilation. So. If we had been friends sooner, she totally could have put me on way earlier. I really, really messed up by not trying to be friends with her sooner. Neka is incredibly selfless with her time and her energy. And she's just as kind as she is smart. I'm constantly in awe of the way she juggles her commitments so effortlessly. Sometimes when people are really good at one thing, like Neka is at sports, it can mean that they're not so great at other things or have like a low social intelligence. I can't tell you how many football players from my high school prove that theory to be true. But NECA shatters that theory. She could totally get into politics or host a talk show later on down the road. She's really, really, truly that dynamic and versatile. So I want to say thank you to NECA for taking the time to come on and tell her story. And for letting me embarrass myself with that story about freestyling on the team bus back in middle school. Oh God. Anyway, this has been another episode of The Nostalgia Mixtape. I'm your host, Samantha Shrawi, and this podcast is produced, as always, by the magnificent Jason Crow. We'll catch you next time. When the places go up, the blessings come down. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. It seems like blessings. Keep falling in my lap It seems like blessings Keep falling in my lap I don't make songs for free I make them for freedom Don't believe in kings Believe in the kingdom Chisel me into stone prayer Whistle me into song air Dying laughing with Krillin Saying something about blonde hair Jesus black life ain't matter I know I talked to his daddy Say you the man of the house now Look out for your family He has ordered my steps Gave me a sword with a crest And gave Donnie a trump In case I get shortness of breath praise him Praise him till I'm gone Don't be mad Come down, good God. When the praises go up, oh. 
blessings come down. The blessings come down. When the praises go up. The blessings come down. When the praises go up. Oh, the blessings come down. Good God! They booked the nicest hotels on the 59th floor with the big wide windows with the suicide doors. Ain't no blood on my money. Ain't no Twitter in heaven. I know them drugs isn't close. Ain't no visit in heaven. I know the difference in blessings and worldly possessions. Like my ex-girl getting pregnant and her becoming my everything. I'm at war with my wrongs. I'm writing four different songs. I never forged it or forfeited. I'm a force to be reconciled. They want four-minute song. You need a four-hour praise dance performed every morn. I'm feeling shortness of breath, so Nico grab you a horn. Hit Jericho with the buzzer beater to end the quarter. Watch brick and mortar fall like dripping water. Uh. Throughout the bus, and I'm like, "What are we doing?" Like all those songs from that era had like that snap sound. Yes. So there were so many you could throw on just back yes. to back. Yes. Yes. It was amazing. Yes. It was like Laffy Taffy. Uh, oh, do you? Uh, bet you can't do it like me. Bet you can't do nope. it. Like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's another one. Yes. And what's crazy though is now they're like, they're sampling these songs now, yeah. and people are like. Oh, this is cool. And I'm like, you guys don't even know where no it came idea. from. Like, no. Yeah. They don't know about anything. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> like, kids these days don't know about Missy Elliott. That's that really is a major problem. Me. That's a huge problem. Yeah. This is why we need music education in our schools. No, but seriously, we do. Like, for real. Especially with all the crazy stuff they're putting out now. Yeah. I can't, I can't even listen to the radio anymore. It's so hard for me to listen to the radio. I finally feel old now. I felt old when, like, my sisters were asking me about, um, like, what, what do they call that dance? Hit Them Boys or whatever this is? Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. They asked me this, like, two years ago. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> They're like, oh, my God, Mecca, you're officially old. And I'm like, no, I just value what goes through my eardrums. <laughs> like... And I like I like support Cardi B, right. but I can't get into her sound. Really, it's so hard for me to get into her sound. There are some songs for I love really her, like, yeah, personality wise and okay, everything okay. she's about. Yeah, but I just I like really tried listening to her album and I just couldn't. I don't know why. I like the, the I like it like that. That's the one song That's I the do one. like. Yeah, 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 and I I appreciate her because she's dynamic with how she raps. Like, right. it's not like a like one certain style. Mm. 
which is what I I think like Nicki Minaj fears because I think Nicki she only has one she only has like one style and then like if she gets something different it's her like speaking in a British accent or her trying to do like voices or yeah or her like trying to sing like how she did on the pink print she was trying Mm -hmm. to do a little you know kind of like how Drake tries to sing right and you can kind of tell that she was trying to do it you know but like Cardi B she could she like raps slow raps fast she like her cadence can like change Mm -hmm. and I'm like it's kind of like that's an arsenal of like yeah who knew she had that honestly it's amazing and it also really helps that she can speak Spanish too. Yeah, that is major. She's gonna have like hits on the Spanish charts. I'm telling you, she won't you. even have to worry about. Like, and the song doesn't even have to be in Spanish. She could just say something in Spanish. Exactly. That is major. I mean, she's she's definitely self created prodigy right there. <laughs> she needs to be like on the time like one top one. No, but like, like most influential people list. Yeah, like, and I love how she is about like women empowerment because mm-hmm. like. Even though she's like out there twerking on stage and whatever, mm-hmm. like the fact that she was like, just because I have a baby, you guys, you guys can't say like, yeah. oh, she can't do this, she can't do that. Like, no. She's, she's really like, smart. She's very smart. She might not talk like how people want her to talk. No, but she thinks she. But her brain can, is yeah, like absolutely. I can tell. I can yeah. really, really tell. And she's personable. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I support. I just I'm trying to get into her sound a little bit. She did some interview and it reminded me of, I went on the road with this South American rapper uh-huh. named Anna Tiju, and she was speaking at, I think it was Arizona State, and like after she spoke, there was like a Q&A, and someone was like, she has kids, someone was like, is it tough to balance like being a mother and touring? And she's like, I'm not going to answer that question because how many men... Do you ask that question Do you ask that question to? You know how many of these dudes have children? Yeah. No one ever asks if it's tough. ever asks them No one asks. Yeah. And so I was like, that was like very... Like, I never thought about it like that before. And I'm glad that I experienced that moment. I mean, it's the same for us. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, our coaches are over here, like, trying to get us to, like, come back. And the league wants us to play. But I'm like, people want to have families. Mm Mm-hmm. And not only that, you guys are over here saying you have our backs. Why Why don't you guys, why doesn't our insurance cover um, egg freezing? Oh, wow. That makes no sense. It totally should. What Y'all are like to carry the babies. And you're giving your, like, your lives to this league. Exactly. How does our insurance not cover that? Yeah. That's crazy to me. That's wild. I mean, because these dudes in the NBA, and it's no knock on them, but like, they can keep hooping and the baby just comes. Yeah, they don't have to do as much. I have work. to stop playing. Yep. To have a baby, so like, yep. that's something that I'm trying to change is the prez. So. Hey. Hopefully, I can. I hope you can too. That'd be really dope. Yeah. Uh, like when Jana was justice uh, That's what I'm talking about A shorty that can tell you when the J's come out okay. Get creative with their haircuts Like T-Boss, favorite rappers is Bow Wow Snoop, Jay-Z and Oz Opens up in somebody's face trying to fuss And it get with chic going, she can take the bus Like with Jada, with pictures in the movie Shame, hard the top you find Sitting at a ruckus game They only like dealing with cats that love the floss Only like rocking the stuff that really cost Lip gloss, shiny Tattoos on the back, attitude like Mary J. Mixed with brat. Like you can that. find them at that beauty shop, mall, the church. Uh-huh. Man, brand head, toe with the matching purse. Oh, so, all that city stuff, yeah, I can keep. Cause only those that keep it ghetto get to ride with me. Show. Sure. Yeah. Like They're like hot toys, they push hot toys. They're all the progressive. They're 
Let yourself be seen. Uh, uh. 